The reason they actually called it that, it was meant to be Trick or Treat, but there was already a film from the 80s called yeah. Trick or Treat. That's like a right. weird rock. It's like a rock star accidentally dies or like kills himself, and then this kid is like playing his music and accidentally brings him back to life. It's yeah. bizarre. It's not very good over there. Let's not talk about that. Sorry. <laughs> that, wait, wait, wait. That's not the film we were talking about. That's what I <laughs> okay, I might be a bit useless in this discussion, guys. <laughs> you can I talk was... about that one if you want. Hello to all the creepy boys and the girls. This is the Welcome Movies a Spooky Halloween Special. With your host, Craig McDonald and David Oscar. And the special guests, Lucifer and Shelly Taylor. For all your spooky and creepies, you listen to the podcast now. Happy Halloween! <laughs> Hello and welcome to Well Good Movies, our Halloween special. This is the podcast that gives you the topics worth discussing and the creepy movies worth watching. And today we certainly have a lot of movies that we'll be going through. Some we'll be recommending, some perhaps not, but you shall see what we got in store later on. And as that intro said, I am Count David Osger. I am joined by Craig, he who walks behind the Rose McDonald, as my co-host. <laughs> it's only just begun, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the execution of your reckoning. <laughs> the e- wait, the execution of my reckoning. So the end of my reckoning. Yes. So it's not that scary. <laughs> We've broken them. We've absolutely broken Shelly. This is only the beginning, guys. It's only the beginning. The problem is me and Shelly are too easy to break. <laughs> right, so we are coming to you guys from that most creepy thing that is lockdown. <laughs> and uh, yes, you know, cr- Craig has already set up his scarecrow to warn off people from his house, or it might just be me, I'm not sure which, but, you know, we're in the Halloween spirit today, we're all dressed up uh, in our casual come (laughs) Halloween costumes, which are perfect for lockdown, and uh, yeah, we are joined by two very special guests today. Uh, They are two guests that joined us on another holiday special, and we just had to have them back for another one because they were so much fun. So please welcome our very own Jigsaw, who likes to torture us with Adam Sandler films. It is Shelley Taylor! (laughs) And if you are thinking this year of going as coronavirus... To Halloween, then this is the person to ask for costume tips because they have already dressed as Miss Rona. It is drag artist Lucy <laughs> Guys, we had to have you back because uh, there's been some crazy moments that we had from your valentine's episode we had so much fun on that one in that episode you know we said afterwards is there anything that you would particularly want to do again and you both said horror because you both love that genre of filmmaking so yeah 
happy to have you back. Happy to have uh, the Halloween spirit with, you know, cats and, you know, all that kind of stuff so as well. So sorry about my cat. If it helps, he is an entirely black cat, so it is kind of Halloween. Yeah, it, it's uh, Binks from Hocus Pocus. I did nearly call him Binks. Like, I called him Bassy instead. I wanted to call him Shirley, like Shirley Bassy, because <laughs> I love him so much. But he was a boy and I um, gave in to the patriarchy and I was like, you can't call a boy Shirley. So I called him Bassy. <laughs> called it Bassy. <laughs> Bassy. That's a boy's name. If anyone has heard our highlights, you know that you made a big impact to the show ever since then. You know, we have obviously our classic jokes such as the Sycorax. (laughs) We still talk about that to this day. (laughs) We were going to do a Sycorax only podcast. But yeah, before we go on to our Halloween themed films today, that's why I just wanted to sort of revisit some of those jokes as we have, because they have, you know, lapsed into many other episodes and even other podcasts. So for an example, guys, this is when me and Craig were on a different podcast called the Dan and Joe Film Show, in which even there, the madness of that Valentine's episode was making an impact. Um, Yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on. It's going to be a great show. I can feel it in me bones. Gobble, gobble. (laughs) (laughs) Horses of nature, man. What film. Exactly. (laughs) So, Lucy, I'll come to you first because we were talking when we were preparing this episode about how crazy it is that that was back in February. Like you said, you know, that feels like months or years. Well, it is months ago. Sorry, it feels like years ago. And yeah, that's been the conversation for a lot of content and media at the moment. I heard it on the radio the other day, people talking about music that come out in January. It's crazy. How, how do you feel looking back on that episode now? It's just really weird. Like, we were all in very different places, weren't we? Um, like, I still cared, so I was in full drag. Um, not that I'm not today. I'm actually in some of the most elaborate and elegant drag that I've ever done. Um, and it's almost too beautiful to show, actually, isn't it? Um, yeah, exactly. And that's why we're not going to show how amazing the dragon currently in is. Um, same, same. Yeah, like, we've all really worn our best today. Um, <laughs> our best foot, feet forward. Um, I definitely don't have a swollen, pussy eye. Um, <laughs> although that's kind of Halloween, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's, it's really weird. This is, like, the strangest time I've ever lived through. But, like... <laughs> Everything's really weird. I'm drinking a lot more. I started OnlyFans. Can I promote my OnlyFans here? If it gets you through lockdown, you know, why not? <laughs> it's good money. On the comedy side of things, you were obviously using lockdown as a great time to use your drag. There were many elaborate costumes. I love the like massive like admiral's hat that you add on during one of your like live streams. There were many crazy outfits that came about during that that time. I'm a, a fan of a big hat, um, and you know, the bigger your hat is, the smaller you look. And as a suspiciously large woman, I just thought if I have like a hat that's like four foot across and three foot tall, perception will make it look like I'm this tiny little dainty woman when in fact I'm this like grotesque husking monster of a person. Um, so that was fun. What else did I do? I was Miss Rona. That was yeah. fun. Oh, I done loads. It got a bit silly towards the end, didn't it? <laughs> so then I had to stop. I was like, no, nah, this is too... I'm doing this once a week. I'm working full time. I've got to make my porn. You know what I mean? It was just too much. 
So now I'm just, you know, focusing on the main stuff, like spending time with friends and family and just, you know, making less porn. The commitment was commendable for just the amount of variety of costumes. And that is on your YouTube. I think you have like a montage of the entire live streams. I've got, yeah, YouTube and Facebook is like where all my live streams are. It feels weird saying that it was in February this year because it just feels like a different decade now. (laughs) Just life is so weird and different and confusing and a time in which we could actually meet in a room it's like now you'd be like oh my god somebody's hugging on television what are they doing whereas you know back then we were like happily being like you know handshaking and you know like you know it's 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 bizarre Uh, that's why none of us mind noisy cats in the background it's something that (laughs) society's actually become really used to We're going to have a lot of fun today, though, guys, because we are talking about horror films, films that are perfect for Halloween. There seems to be a theme of, like, trick-or-treating in a lot of these films, and they're from different decades. We've got, like, the 80s represented, we've got, like, the mid-2000s, and we've got a very new film, which also ties into another theme that we've uh, had one of our previous guests involved with as well. So we're going to have a lot of fun talking through all of those. But before we get on to that, uh, I wanted to use this chance, as we have in other specials before, where we have, like, experts in a genre, I wanted to use this chance to test Lucy and Shelley on their opinions of some classic horror villains. So this is just going to be a quick little warm-up taster game. Now, if you remember in the Valentine's episode, we had the ooh and, you know, boo, you know, that. do you remember that kind of stuff? Yeah. So we're doing the same kind of thing here with Halloween and the the equivalent of ooh and boo is woo and boo. Uh, (laughs) But it's in the ghostly way. So the warm-up game is called woo or boo. (laughs) So what I want you to do is either give a woo or a boo for the villains that I am going to mention. So as I name them, just give a woo or a boo for whether you like them or whether you don't like them. And we'll get a a feeling for what you are as horror fans. Right. So are we ready? Woos or boos at the ready? The thing. Woo. (laughs) The fly. Woo! No. Carrie. Woo! Woo! (laughs) Mama. Woo. I've not seen it. (laughs) It's all right. It's the Guillermo del Toro one, right? Yeah, they're like creepy, like on her hands kind of thing. Uh, (laughs) Woo! Honey boo boo. Uh, Freddy. (laughs) Freddy Krueger. Woo! Woo! Jason. Woo! Michael Myers. Woo! And Katie Hopkins. Oh, boo. She's... Oh, <laughs> oh, you really have to bleep me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I booed over you. Can I say, what I loved at that point, Shelley decided to create the third option of ew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That, that would be legitimate for Katie Hopkins, to be fair. <laughs> Today, we are talking about perfect Halloween films, perfect horror examples, apart from maybe this first example, which is a throwback to our Adam Sandler special. We had to bring up this film because we were tortured with Adam Sandler before, during the summer, and he's just come out with a Halloween film. So what more perfect time to bring up 
Hubie Halloween, which has just come out on Netflix. So, Shelley, introduce us, please, to this joyous film. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, not so much a scary film, but very much a Halloween film. Takes place in Salem, trick-or-treating, all that kind of stuff. Can I just say, I no. was done with Adam Sandler. I'd shut him out of my brain, and I didn't even know that he had a Halloween film out. Craig, do not blame this on me. I did not suggest this film. It's a Netflix-made film uh, this year called Who Be Halloween with Adam Sandler and all of his super famous friends who, for some reason, keep accepting scripts from him. And it's all right. I mean, I've watched a lot of Adam Sandler, and it wasn't the worst I'd seen. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's not much of a yardstick. The jokes are just so predictable that the beginning of the film when he's like looking at the woman and he, I was like, he's, he's about to hit into a car and lo and behold, he hits into a car on his bicycle. It's it, Yeah, it's very predictable. I mean, the cast was so predicting that when they literally introduced a character wearing a pig mask, I basically said, right, who hasn't appeared in this film so far and who's like... <laughs> I'm going to say... Robbie! Rob Schneider. <laughs> there he is. Because it was a toss-up between him and there David Spade. When I started watching it, you know the opening bit with Ben Stiller and he's like the security guards? Yeah. Yeah. So that bit, it was so like camp and over the top and like Halloween-y. I thought, okay, so they've done like a B-movie, like it's meant to be ridiculous, but it's like high budget. Like I love that when like they have a budget of like, several million but they're like oh yeah we're gonna make it like a b-movie i kind of love that i think there's something really cool about that especially with like comedy horror and even like ben stiller in that because i don't like ben stiller if i'm honest but even ben stiller in that i was like this is this could be quite fun actually and then it just went downhill so quickly i i couldn't finish it and I, it's very rare that i can't finish a film like i like bad films but like this was like so bad i couldn't even enjoy it for being bad but the thing with Ben Stiller's character in that is that it's the same character from uh, uh, Happy Gilmore. So, like, it is literally, it is literally like Adam Sandler's attempt to trying to turn his films in. Because I've heard about this, he's trying to turn it into a cinematic universe. It's, well, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's the new uh, MCU. Mm. And I'm just like, Adam dude, stop! Right? I do not want to ever you. live in a world <laughs> in where there could potentially be a film where half of your absolute kid characters can come together and wind me up with their voices because especially no don't you don't you remember the adam sandler special i said that was grown-ups 2 in which they had the end game fight at the end of grown-ups 2 <laughs> so we've had that bit that you know that's the prequel they've already done that the fact that basically we we got unlucky in that the adam sandler shit voice roulette gave us that like really <laughs> just gave it that typical Typical stupid voice that he does, which allows him to be emotionless. I, I don't understand why he's doing it to himself, especially considering he has, like, he hasn't long done uncut gems, which everyone's like, yeah, this is re this is really good form for him. And it's just, why are you trying to ruin that for yourself, for God's sake? It's just a cash grab. Like, he, he probably had a tax bill and was like, oh no. <laughs> and then he looks over on his nightstand and there's a letter from Netflix being like, hey, Adam, do you want to make a film? And he's like, may as well. Yeah. Well, he's, is it one of his contracted films? Because didn't I say in the Adam Sandler episode, he has like a five movie contract with them at the minute or something. So yeah. maybe he's going to, oh, there's going to be a Christmas film, isn't there? Mm. I'm sorry, Craig, I'll be back for the Christmas special. <laughs> the Adam you will not. Christmas film. In fact, should we, just, should we just come up with it now? 
So Rob Schneider plays Santa Claus. <laughs> he did have, no, what was that? He did have an animated Christmas film. So I was thinking this in my mind. Eighth not, uh, yeah, Eight Nights. Yeah. So I, I was thinking we might be safe in that aspect. Oh, that uh, Hanukkah film. Yeah. So it's like, so, you know, we might be safe in that. And and he actually does have a line in this, doesn't he? Where the, the mother sort of says, you know, oh, well, you know, you can't celebrate other holidays because you're Jewish, etc. So... You know, we we might be like speared, you know, from that, but 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 yeah, it does come across as like Sandler's being like, yeah, we're gonna have you know a Halloween film, then a Valentine's film, then you know an Easter film, and I didn't watch the whole film. I gave mm-hmm. up. I envy you. <laughs> I gave up when he was in like a corn maze and there were teenagers getting killed. I just, I, I literally, I turned it off at that point. Okay. I feel like I got further than like I should have, but. And correct me if I'm wrong, is the character he's playing special needs? Because I very much felt like it was like, you're, you're like playing a special needs character, which like isn't okay. It's and if, if it's like, oh, I'm not, no, I'm not playing a special needs character. It's like, okay, but why are you, why are you doing that voice? Quite, why are you making these decisions? Like, it seems uh, to be quite was, a trope of his to, to do a voice like that in order to garner sympathy rather than writing a particularly good character so it's always like a a guy who kind of loves his mama and he's a bit southern and you know it's it's water boy he even had some stained sheets in it that i noticed i i I had the same feelings as lucy though i was kind of like this comes across as a bit more bad taste because it's very much and kind of similar like said water boy which you know, we brought up in that episode is the fact that when everyone is so against him and throwing things at him and being horrible to him, I'm like, this is really, you know, I was like, how is this funny? It's not funny to see somebody who, like Lucy says, potentially has special needs. It's like, oh, his voice is annoying and he says stupid, annoying things. Throw things at him. It's yeah. like, yeah. oh, okay, there's, that's there's, not okay. So yeah, there's you, never... didn't, you didn't watch to the end of the film and yeah. it kind of, the ending is about, like, bullying i kind of liked the ending yeah. i don't know i i actually felt that that was no i no i do think i agree with you, you i think it. I, yeah i think you it is worth watching lucy because i have never seen such a juxtaposed ending to like it is schmaltzy and cheesy and crap but i was like what is this film this film this ending has no right to be on the back of this film because like you said it was just awful up until that point and i was like this is actually a really nice message and it would work better if you know adam sanders character wasn't so terrible and i was like but if they wanted to make a serious film i was like this actually would have worked better as a serious film i i think it works because june squib is playing the mother and when i first started watching i was like why is june squib in this she's such a good actress why have you brought yourself to this level but then when it comes to the end i was like oh okay actually i see why you got june squib because she is actually bringing quite a understandable performance to this yeah okay so but the only re- the only reason i disagree with the ending being quite nice is that i understand the sentiment of you're basically picking on him and you don't understand why you need to evaluate your reasons two problems i then have with this because because it basically means it's like Adam Sandler basically ducking out on his own potential good message. One, <laughs> the reasons that like the people were giving for why they don't like him are basically just bone dead stupid to the point of I think anyone could literally justify their actions by saying, "Oh, well, my action, uh, my reason for disliking this person are nowhere near as stupid as he uses big words like I can't." Yeah, Ray Liotta. <laughs> yeah, Ray Liotta talking about not being able to use big words or. 
the guy who was dressed as Freddie Mercury in the cornfields basically saying, yeah, I always have to act cool and he oh, does. Yeah. The second thing I also don't like about it is the fact that this is said to basically four people out of a town who all universally hate this guy. And even then you still see people being, being bad towards him at the end of the film, at which point I'm just like, well, what's the point of that then? Like, if, it, if it's going to be that sort of message, it needs to be widespread. You can't just be like, you lot need to stop picking a minute. It's like, okay, we will. Don't bother about the rest, you know, giving them the message. But you still have Someone... people being like, you suck. I mean, yes, the kids at the end, like, stop chasing him on the bikes. I get that. And somehow he's become mayor. But I just don't <laughs> see the widespreadness of the message just actually getting out like that. Sorry, he becomes mayor of Salem, Massachusetts. <laughs> yes, he does. Yeah. Wow. They make him a sash. <laughs> he, uh, he makes out with a camera declaring his love for Valentine. Oh, and she's. I like, makes I like out. Julie Bowen. I like Julie Bowen a lot. Yeah, I think she, she knew what the film she was in, like Lucy said as well, about being like, you know, it's a B movie. She kind of like felt as if she was acting as if she knew she was in that. Uh, but what I was going to say with the sort of people talking about why they make fun of him, I think, again, that was like nice in its intention. But like Craig said is, you know, if they did something like, oh, well, I'm jealous that you're close to your mother, that might have been. But again, that's why I'm like, you could, you should have taken this for an actual serious film. It was all clearly Another... ableist stuff, like yeah. the way you speak. Like it's exactly. a lot of ableism. You shuffle about. Yeah, and it's ju- and it's just comes across as just like, oh, what can we think off top of our head? Oh yeah, there was a joke about like that couple not having like a good sex life, and let's like try and force that into it somehow. And and yeah, like Craig said, it's just bizarre that I was thinking of like when Craig was talking about a, a Disney bowling movie a few weeks ago, the fact that like it's like weird that like only these certain kids and this certain family are the only ones who like him in the entire town. And I'm like, why would the entire town hate him? I'm like, what kind of like crazy town would be not because like, he's an awful person because like, they're like, Oh, he's weird. So everyone like throws stuff at him. Like, so... There are loads of illegitimate people for like, uh, for, for not liking him. Right. And I think it's fair to, to, to go for that. But I think it's also fair to like look at the fact that in his attempt to try and protect everyone from Halloween, he does some really dickish things. Like he tries to shove a silver bullet between the eyes of someone's dog. He basically goes around a party stealing drinks off people and basically like shoving people away from each other. Like he does, he does some things which I think you know what I think it is okay to not like this guy for this. Like you can have good intentions, but you're act- but you've got to learn this is not the way you do this. I was on the side of the little girl who, after he told her off for taking more than one sweet and then he got attacked, she just like laughed and carried on putting sweets in her bucket. Like, yeah. Hey. I think that's the, th- the thing, isn't it? You get that weird mix of sometimes you're like, no, these people are assholes because he's doing the right thing. And then sometimes like he, d- he does like horrible things. Yeah, um, it's a really inconsistent message. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll, I'll also say for the, the uh, only other redeeming parts I found is that I did actually enjoy the, the Swiss army, uh, what's it called, Thermos, was ridiculous at first. But the more they did it, I was like, okay, this is kind of funny. When he used it as a grappling hook. But I'll say the one joke that I thought was, I was like, that is actually really clever. And it was funny, but it, it just, it, they didn't give it time, which is why it was funny. I was like, if only this film had the restraint that this moment had, and I don't know if Sandler came up with it, is when he was going to the toilet and the thermos was a candle. I was like, that is funny. That is good. I thought that was quite hilarious. But it was just there on the side. They made no reference to it, didn't say anything. But I was like, that is quite a funny joke. But that's literally... Th- that and the fact that they did Red Heron, the crazy people, 
was the two things I'll commend it for. I was actually quite surprised by that. Another thing that annoyed me um, about this film that I see a lot in film and television is, you know the mum from Modern Family? Yeah, sure. Right. She's in it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, really fit. Yep. And then her husband is that police officer? Yeah, Kevin James. But then also, I assume by the end, she ends up with Adam Sandler. Correct. Yeah, she's kissing him okay. while he's kissing the camera. Okay, if I looked like her, do you think Adam Sandler would have a chance in hell at getting into my knickers? Like, if I looked like her, it would be like like Brad Pitt and up. Do you know what I mean? Like, she is gorgeous. He just casts the most beautiful women and then... I hate it. I hate that, like... I've lived in the real world for um, some time now, and <laughs> well, that doesn't happen. Like? like, not great to be honest. Um, <laughs> but like, when you see couples, it's generally like it's it's rare that you look at them and it's like, oh, you're the hot one, and you're like dog ugly. Like, it's very rare that you see that. And when you do see that, it's like, oh, you're rich, or you're very funny, or you have a massive song. But like, I don't understand why this like stunning woman who like from the little bit that I did watch she didn't seem awful but she's like oh yeah this guy with like the weird voice who everyone in the town hates I'm gonna bang him well, like there's just something about that that I'm really um, into I don't get it no she no. says uh, that she's been in love with him since first grade um, yeah but then he aged into whatever that thing that he is now is they make out that she was in love with him before him which is even harder to buy into so it's not even like you know spider-man and mary jane where it's just like you know yeah you know so that that's really hard to buy also uh that that reminded me of uh the people you saying about the people in the town and that again adds to this mixed message of like are they assholes is like is hubie generally just like a annoying person but when it's not even stuff targeted at Hubie, when they're picking on that girl for being a foster child, I was like, where in the world would somebody pick on somebody? And and the mother, because they say to her, <laughs> I'm like... I would so pick on someone being a foster child. Do you have any oh idea what children are like? No, like, I, I yes, get the children. No, I get the children thing, but again, it was like even um, like one of the mothers said, like, "Oh, well, at least I have my own children and stuff like that." And I was just like, <laughs> "I was like, come on, like, you know, there's horrible people, and then this is just going too far." I think you know? the moment that broke me in terms of just people's poor motivations for picking on people was when Ray Liotta's character was at that party trying to like clearly trying to hit on that girl <laughs> and using. Yeah. Using the fact that he, you know, his father died and they buried him that morning, despite the fact that he threw Hubie into his father's grave. Uh, trying to, trying, to, and then she was just like, "You were old enough to be my grandfather." Whatever. Sees Hubie goes past, and he's just like, yeah, I like "I've," her. and it was just like, "I've just been dejected by this girl. I'm gonna go take it out on Hubie." I'm like, "Come on, yeah, why?" Rayliota is so creepy looking. Also, we just like <laughs> acknowledge that for a second, like. He looks so creepy. Lucy, I assume as well, you you would have seen the character, which was like the woman who was in the Sailor Museum and she dumped his word searches in the bin. You you didn't see her turn up again, did you? You wouldn't have seen her in another scene. That again, that would rile. Like that, I was just like, why does Adam Sandler think this is funny? She literally just has, like, I'm like, it's his head. You can imagine him being like, oh yeah, people in Texas will find this funny because people like that are funny. In which... 
you're talking about like you know julie bowen walks away and you know like you said she's this gorgeous woman and this woman literally then walks up to adam sandler's character and goes i am asexual but i would bang the hell out of that woman and you're just like oh geez it's it like, was a nun as well yeah. when she dressed as a nun yeah she, it's because she works in the sailor museum she's like got a sort of victorian kind of outfit yeah. on. oh she's like, a uh Puritan. no uh uh, Puritan. Puritan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Protestant. She's a bloody Protestant. We don't abide that in this country. Bloody Protestant. <laughs> She's the Sycorax. <laughs> right. Okay. I didn't want to bring up the Northern Ireland dispute, but. <laughs> hey, where are you going? The only reason any of us chose to watch it was for this, and I think it would be. Yeah pretty low down on our list of recommendations this Halloween. Oh. I was going to say, as an Adam Sandler film, like measuring against the yardstick of his career, which is like <laughs> down here, it wasn't horrendous. 2020, as as per usual, has been disappointing in its offering of Halloween films, which is why in this episode we are going back to some older Halloween <laughs> films. So we'll now uh, move on to our next film, uh, which was also a recommendation of Shelley, but you both kind, you both mentioned this one, didn't you? So you sort of uh, highlighted it as one of your favourite films. So uh, this one is, is it is is it actually said trick or treat or is it ah uh, treat just like yeah. the uh, but it's like it's like that. um Americanized it's like trick or treat like trick yeah. or treat. The reason they actually called it that it was meant to be trick or treat, but there was already a film from the eighties called yeah. trick or treat that's like a right. weird rock. It's like a rock star accidentally dies or like kills himself, and then this kid is like playing his music and accidentally brings him back to life. It's, yeah. it's not very good, over there. Let's not talk about that. Sorry. <laughs> that, wait, wait, wait. That's not the film we were talking about. That's what I <laughs> okay, I might be a bit useless in this discussion, guys. <laughs> you can I talk was... about that one if you want. Oh no, no, it's fine. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it fits the theme. I thought it was a bit weird. I was like, this is this is nice musically, but I know. I <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, why is it that you both like love this film? It, it was released in 2007. You know, it, it's very much like said trick or treating. You know, it's got like, you know, the pumpkins and, the you know, the orange leaves. But, you know, it takes very much that kind of like horror story aspect, doesn't it? Like four individual stories, lots of different characters, lots of different tropes. You know, what what, what do you think is so good about it? It got recommended to me as like a really underrated horror film about, God, yeah, it must have been about 10 years ago now. And so I watched it sort of when I was having a Halloween movie day and it was the one that stuck out massively for me. And I thought, how had I never heard of this? And it's it's so good. And so, yeah, I always mention it if people want to watch a new sort of horror or Halloween film that they might not have seen before. That's my go-to. But I know Lucy, like, was really, really emphatic about wanting this, whereas I just sort of mentioned it, so I'll let you introduce it a bit further, (laughs) if you want. It's honestly, like, the best Halloween film there is. Like, I'm I'm a Halloween film connoisseur. Um, it's, It's just got everything you want from a Halloween film. The fact that it's, like, like an anthology, so you're like covering all the bases, and it feels really short. Like every time I watch it, it's like, oh, like we're already, like we're done, and it's got that very like, like that sort of Salem, New England kind of vibe. I can't remember where it's set. Is it New Orleans? It's yeah. It's the fictional town of Warren Valley, Ohio. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah so like midwest kind of well no but it's like midwest. it's set in this time where like halloween is a very big deal which i love because it's like i want to live in a town like that and it follows all the stories are different but they're all like interwoven so it starts off you're following this couple who are like done with halloween and they were going home and the oh, wife yeah. is like okay let's like clear up all the halloween stuff and the husband's like oh no you're meant to like that's the rules you're not meant to like clear it up yet and she's like don't be silly just go upstairs put the videotape on and, and then i'll come up and like finish you off in a bit like once i'm done with this which like we love a sex positive couple so she starts clearing it up and then he falls asleep whilst watching the porn video which men just do better do you know what just just be better Anyway, so then he's like, wait a minute. He wakes up and he's like, she's been a while. What's going on? He goes downstairs. She's been murdered because she blew out the jack-o'-lanterns too early. And then it's like the titles. And then you go into the four stories. But as you're seeing the stories unfold, you're seeing like other stories, like sort of passing them by, interwoven. They're like, I I was going to say the president, not the president. Like that episode of the... Like the episode of Treehouse of Horror where it keeps going into the next story via like the gum like being spit off going into the squishies and stuff no it's anyone very that <laughs> no it's very, very that. that i love it. <laughs> yeah it's very that and i love that like i, think I love my... i love a good horror anthology like it's VHS just such a good stuff. way of doing it oh vhs i watched that the other day let's just talk about that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right as well in like the length and the story aspect of it. It like really lends itself to the time of year of Halloween. So again, it's kind of like like Night Before Christmas. Like that's like, well, like only like an hour and 10 minutes. And I think that's where, you know, obviously a lot of films have the problem being like, oh God, this is two and a half hours or something. But but yeah, when you're talking about horror and especially Halloween, you're like, you don't need to stretch it out for like two hours, two and a half. Because especially with this film, you know, you're telling, you know, four stories and that's all you want and that's all you need. You don't need like all this like tension building stuff. And and that's why I was impressed with that they were able, like you said, to pack in all the stories and to weave them quite 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 well it's it's strange the kind of breadth of horror that i like because i love trick or treat because it's like little segments of it throughout like it's not just building to an end but then a quick nod to one of my other favorite horror films the descent it's like maybe an hour and 15 hour and 20 long nothing really happens for 45 minutes and then you know everyone gets massacred in the last half hour spoilers uh (laughs) So, yeah, it's uh, it's very different, but as long as it's done well, I feel like it can be done either way, you know? Yeah. Well, but, yeah, of... if it's drawn out too long, then you kind of lose your suspense because either you've seen what you're not meant to see, which makes it less scary, or you just get bored because you want that thrill and you can't really have that adrenaline for two and a half hours. Yeah, I think as well is that aspect of keeping it, like, simplified in that town with the same characters so if you had for example when i read there was like an anthology film with four stories i was worried we were going to get this kind of like kids around a fire like well my story is and you know you like it it's like you're not invested then because you know it's like make-believe it's like kind of like the wizard of oz kind of like oh it was all a dream you know kind of thing so the fact that they don't go with that they do just like here's four stories we're presenting to you but it's not like told in you know like somebody's narrating it or anything like that which i thought was you know they do have the comic i suppose but you know that's just like a, an aesthetic thing so i think that that was good as well the one like linking thing between all of the stories is that absolutely adorable little halloween creature 
who is called Sam. I don't yeah. think they ever say Sam. it in the film. I just know this no. from like online stuff. They named He's him got Sam. like a cult following now. Everyone loves Sam. The original name of Halloween is Samhain, but it's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Samhain. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they called him Sam because it's like the first three letters. It's just like short Pretty for cool Samhain. Detail. Yeah, I, I, I think... know, right? I know way too much. <laughs> Jack would be a bit too on the nose, wouldn't it, if they called him Jack? Too on the nose. Yeah, that was a Jack terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> they call me Jack. Jack O'Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just like that's just Jack Skeleton's brother in uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Jack Skeleton's like really like shady brother who's like <laughs> drinks in the morning like jack you need to stop this it's like don't you tell me what to do he's on the he's on the streets with a jacket like wants some pumpkin spice <laughs> it was actually a sketch i watched which was uh if uh jack skellington walked into uh the saint patrick's day door walking into like a little irish town with his alcohol everywhere that's where jack o'lantern goes just leprechauns fist fighting each other i was torn on whether i preferred sam I I, li- I wasn't sure if I liked seeing him without the mask at the end. I was a bit like, uh, I kind of preferred it without because it was less goofy. But one thing I wanted your guys' opinion on is that looking at it on a few film pages, like, you know, IMDb, they do cite it as a c- horror comedy. And I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, do you see it as much of a comedy or, you know, because it is very like, you know, it knows what it is. Definitely make me laugh. Like, especially with that final story with the old man mm. where he's just like, oh, f- Sick. Yeah, like, exactly. Brian Cox. <laughs> Brian what? Cox. Yeah. The actor's name is Brian Cox, but it's not the. Brian that Cox. it's not the Brian Cox. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Just made one hell of a career change. <laughs> <laughs> he did this film, had a look at his Those life, and went, "You know what? I'm going. I'm going back to university and becomes a top professor." I also one of my favorite lines, and I was like, "Can more people say this in horror films, please?" Is just when Sam is there, and he goes who the hell are you? And I'm like, thank you. Because so many times people are like, ah, ah. And they're like running around. And I'm like, do you even know who that is? You know, like, is this somebody with, you know, but the fact he's like, who the hell are you? I'm like, thank you. You know, this is the question. This is very believable within, <laughs> within yeah. like reality. Like when the hand starts moving again and he's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Like, and when yeah. he's run out of um, shotgun slugs. Yeah. <laughs> and he just throws it down like, God if- sake. If, if an old Welsh man got attacked by, like, a Jason-type character, that's how he'd react. <laughs> this yeah. is just bloody ridiculous. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, I wanted to do my alarm. <laughs> this, this film just sounds like an absolute mood. It's honestly, it's so good. It's very glossy, and I like <laughs> that. I like when, like, a film, it, like, uses its budget well, because, like, it looks beautiful. And, and the they... horror, the, the gore isn't, like, Tarantino stupid, yeah. like, level. It's not, like, comic book gore. It's, you yeah. know, when the kid's, like, throwing up the candy and the stuff at the beginning, I was actually like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is this actually Augustus Gloop? He, like, looked like that kid. I, I love like, that vibe. <laughs> I love that, like, yeah, that, like, yeah. reference. It kind of reminded me of, um, what was that kid, uh, that kid's program that used to be on CITV, the, like, stop motion, and it'd flip between different stories. Grizzly Tales for Gruesome Kids, I think that. It kind of reminded me of that, kind of, yeah. But yeah, it go like you said as well, Lucy, it goes for that, like, you know, it goes to the theatrics with the music as well. I think the, the kids from the bus, their masks are really creepy. Like, that kid who has, like, a paper bag with like a smile i was like oh that, that's really disturbing this film 
is like uh, has influenced my life so much that if I'm in the car with my boyfriend, whenever he's driving um, anywhere, I'll just turn to him and be like, "Wrong way, wrong way, <laughs> oh, <God>. wrong way." <laughs> and it's the most creepy thing, actually. Now that I'm <laughs> so if he stops for petrol and comes back and you're in the driver's seat, he is very freaked out. <laughs> Straight over that cliff, <laughs> next to a quarry, yeah. <laughs> Lucy, I told you not to get in the driver's seat next to the quarry. The <laughs> great away. thing, uh, if we compare this to Who Be Halloween, uh, this film isn't ableist either, I wouldn't say. Some of the characters are. But I think, yeah, I think that's, that story is actually the, like, the darkest one because it's like, for people who are listening who are like, don't care about spoilers, um, a school bus takes all of these special needs children to school every day. And the parents just like, don't want the kids anymore, which is like one of the darkest things I've ever heard. And this is told so brilliantly by, is this group of kids and they're like, oh, we're gonna go to where that bus got like dumped off the cliff. And the blonde girl who's evil and I love her, (laughs) <laughs> she is telling the story of like what happened with these kids and she like says like th- these kids were like just like what was it like a burden that's how the parents saw them and yeah. like their dirty secret and they just wanted rid of them so they paid the bus driver to chain them to the bus and push them off the cliff of the quarry so that they wouldn't have to deal with them anymore into and water so that they into drown. some water so they'll drown yeah. And then the kids go down to like light some pumpkins for them and like scare Wanda, the little witch girl who I identify with so much. I'm yeah, that's Wanda. that's who I was talking about as well. Like she gets she gets her own back on them yeah. being nasty to her and like freaking her out. Exactly. When I saw that character, I was like, Oh, please don't go down the road of like, you know, this pick on this girl or she's weird, like she's gonna be the one who's like caused it all. I was like, Yeah, you know, I'm glad that she was kind of you know, can't call her a hero because, because you know, she, she did get her revenge. But yeah, she came out of it as the sort of like main character. She wasn't like, you know, the butt of a joke or she wasn't like the one who was controlling it all or anything like that. Yeah. That's what I love about, because there's that one where that's the big, like all of them have a little bit of a twist. And with that one, that's the big twist is that, oh, the, the, the story's real. Like they're not just scaring this like weird witchy girl. That, that story is real and the ghosts come and like kill all those other kids. And then the little witchy girl, Wanda, who looks so much like the woman who plays, is it Velma in Scooby-Doo, the live action one? She she looks like a spitting image of her. It's so weird. Yeah, I get Um, what you mean. I think it's the glasses of her own hair, to be honest. She is like the twist of like, oh, she gets away and she's fine. But then the werewolf one. Let me tell you something about the werewolf story, okay? First time I watched this film... I, I knew exactly where it was going. I was like, oh, okay. So, like, this vampire person is going to end up killing... Is it Anna Parkwin? Is that her name? Yeah. She's in True Blood. She's dressed as Red Riding Hood. I was like, this vampire guy is going to go and kill her. And, like, I was like, this is very predictable. And then when she gets to the place where all the other girls are, and she's like, oh, he tried to bite me. And, and I was like, wait, something's happening that I'm not... I wasn't prepared for. It was just so well done. Like, that twist, I was not seeing it. And then when they turn into werewolves, it is one of the most brilliant scenes I've ever seen with the Marilyn Manson track playing over it. It's just so cool. And I just want to be a, a sexy yeah. werewolf girl and just kill people on Halloween. That's all I want. That and I want to be the little weird witch girl. <laughs> I just want to be every character in this film. I also want to be Sam. Actually, I want to have a baby and then make it dress like Sam. I don't want a baby. <laughs> that that is an absolute roller coaster it, it, of emotions it, right there. 
Yeah, that's Lucy's life right there. Like, I want to be this character, then I have a child, then. <laughs> no, I want to be. No. I... <laughs> <laughs> It's just such a good film. Yeah. And like I said, it's, you know, they embrace the theatrics of it. Like I said, the music is very intense, very like, you know, Halloween. Again, like slightly going back to Who Be Halloween, but I remembered that there was a weird, in that emotional moment at the end, they had pretty much the Edward Scissorhands music. And I was like, why are you using this music in this like moment with the mother and everything? I was like, you've literally just ripped off the Edward Scissorhands music. But again, in this instance, it was very much like a kind of Danielle for music, but they, they earn it, you know, they deserve that to have that kind of music, which I think is also good. So yeah, unlike Hubie Halloween, a very much a big recommend, very scary, funny, and yeah, f- filled with a lot of, I don't know if, like, because whenever I mention this film to people, they've never, no one I know has heard of it except for people who I've told about this film. So I don't know if it was, like, big really? in America or something. But, like, yeah. this is such an underrated, like, horror Halloween, like, gem. Yeah, it's, I, I hadn't heard of it until, I think it was when, what was the, uh, is this Scary Stories came out that sort of, uh, that film, somebody mentioned to me that they were like, oh, I'm really looking forward to this film because I love Trick or Treat, um, which is like the same kind of thing. Um, so that was the first time I had saw, seen about it. But yeah, it is, it's got a big cult following, um, which is why they want to do the sequel. But like you said, it's surprising there hasn't been anywhere else because, yeah, you, you would think the streaming services especially would want to be like, hey, we want some Halloween films to push at this time of year. So uh, go check it out wherever you can. You know, unfortunately, it's not on like Netflix or something like Hubie Halloween damn you Hubie <laughs> but uh, yeah check it out if you can guys it's very fun and yeah we're going to our last film uh, which was also recommended by Lucy uh, which will be uh, an interesting discussion because this one again is very different and I'll, I'll be interested to know what your thoughts are with this one it's Halloween 3 Season of the Witch uh, which you emphasize as well is the one film which is outside of the Halloween mythos and storytelling it doesn't have michael myers etc so so why why did you want to bring this film up today okay so let me paint you a little picture right it's 1979 or 78 whatever year the first halloween film came out and it's like roaring success uh, really launched like the slasher genre into like a new era it's perfection it's it's still now it's possibly the best slasher film like in my opinion anyway so they were like, yeah, this is great. The problem was the people who made it, they had this idea that every year or every two years, they'd make a Halloween film. So it would be like, that was Halloween 1. Halloween 2, just completely different. It's an anthology series. So I think they had like five in mind. So the first one was about like Michael Myers. It's a slasher. The second one was going to be something else. The third one, something else. Fourth one, something else. Because it was such a success, the studio that made it were like, actually, can we like, we'll give you a second film, but it has to be about Michael Myers. And then you can do the third film about something else. And they were like, okay, I guess like, this is how we're going to make this anthology series that we want to make. They made the second one, which isn't that good. But then they got to make the third one. The problem was people were like, we love Michael Myers. Yay, there's a third one now. And then they went to see it and Michael Myers isn't in it. It's nothing to do with the first two films. And to the point where they put the first Halloween film in it, like at one point someone's watching the first Halloween film. So people just hated it. And it just got absolutely like dragged, just like people loathed and tested this film. But now in more recent years, 
people have gone back and watched it and been like, actually, this film's really cool and it's got like fun Halloween vibes and it's got like a quite an interesting story. People just hated it at the time. You know, like Futurama got cancelled because it wasn't The Simpsons. It was like this got cancelled because it wasn't Michael Myers. I just think this film is so underrated. It's so like fun and just weird. Like the storyline is like they're witches from Stonehenge and they're going to kill all the kids in like a big like pagan sacrifice by using Halloween masks and the creepy song that is literally my boyfriend's ringtone. You're joking. <laughs> that would scare me. <laughs> happy, happy Halloween, 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 happy, what? happy Halloween, silver shamrock. Eight minutes, children, put on your masks. I've also got a shirt that's got the three different masks, the witch, the skull, and the pumpkin. I was going to wear it, but I'm very warm because the heating's on. It's just such a good film, and I, I really wish that they had been able to like go ahead with their anthology and made like the five. It might have been ten, actually, but I think it was five. Just these like five completely different like Halloween stories, but they just didn't because this one got so panned. The reviews were terrible, and it made no money. Um, so they they just didn't make a third one, and then they just kept making Michael Myers films to the point that they became absolutely ridiculous. Like Tyra Banks is in one of them. It happens to a lot of franchises. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of like another specific example. I can't think of it now. But like you said, there is that storyline of like you know we say things like Star Wars and stuff where they're like, oh, you know, there's that one, but nobody likes that one because it doesn't have so and so or it doesn't have this, and so it's that that fan backlash of like people know what they want, you know. It's very different to the first two. Like it's not a slasher at all. And if mm-hmm. if you're like just like into slashers, I I completely understand why you wouldn't enjoy this film. But like just for like a fun Halloween horror film, it ticks all of the boxes for me. And yeah, like doing witches as the villain, I've seen it done so many times in very like poor ways. But I think this is like quite interesting because it's like it's all like men in like business suits. It's not like yeah, you know, like three crones over like a bubbling cauldron, <laughs> and it's like wow, nah, we're gonna like kill all the kids. It's like these like businessmen. It's so genius. I love this film so much. Anyway, you guys talk now because I have not <laughs> shut up for about like 10 minutes. Yeah, like you said, it's it's yeah, it's interesting that they go because that's why I thought Season of the Witch, and I was like, there's so many films that don't really embrace that idea of like witches being like big characters unless you know uh, they go down. Like I said, they either like do them badly or you know I I just saw like one film which like you know it was one of Craig's like guilty pleasures, which is Hansel and Gretel, where you know they very much are like you know the crooked noses and that kind of thing. Um, I love that film. So you know they. It is very much different in that that sense that you have that representation of them. And yeah, it, you know, it is really different. It's really like kooky. And the fact that that guy, the you know, the main character sort of says, that's the only time you really sort of get an idea for what it is. He goes, it's witchcraft. And I was just like, you know, I was like, well, there, you know, there's our confirmation of Season of the Witch. He calls it witchcraft in, in that moment. So yeah, I can see how it's like a sort of cult favorite because it is very different, very strange. I think the only thing that let it down for me is just that technically it wasn't, you know, structured quite well enough. And there's some weird editing and some weird performance parts of it. Like the girl, uh, is it Ellie? Like, you know, she's literally like, my papa and all that. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I could get on board with it with things like trick or treat. And, you know, when they're trying to go for that cheesy, but, you know, I was just like, are they going for like the beauty and the beast vibes? Is this just this, you know, the Halloween's version of like, you know, papa, oh, my papa's car. And, and then the whole like, you know, well, you don't have to sleep in the room. And he's just like, do you want me to? And I was like, oh god oh yeah. that moment no. it was just like 
dude, you are helping a girl trying to avenge her father who got murdered in your hospital. Now is not the time to A, get off with her at all, B, get off with her twice, and then ask, by the way, how old are you? Um, that, that, seems, like... that seems like a question that should have come up before you were driving to Santa wherever it was. <laughs> I love that this guy during this, like, conspiracy about like oh like the witches want to like kill a bunch of kids and this girl's father died he's like i'm gonna try and lay some pipe like that <laughs> was that guy's like <laughs> that was his thought process like i know we're trying to like stop all of this evil going on but like it ain't gonna suck itself like i love that but- I- I respect the game. But but even with like Ellie as well, it's almost as if like, you know, I think is it after the the fellow shopkeepers died? It's kinda of like the next day where she's like, Oh my god, we really need to get to this company. I was like, it's as if she forgot about why they were there in the first <laughs> place. That so she was just like, Oh They uh, both she... went to sleep quite happily. <laughs> after they hear in the room next to him a woman having her face lasered off. Yeah, he was just like, Oh, just leave it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, the effects of that scene made me laugh for a good solid five minutes. It reminded me of the the YouTube, you know, the like lasers collection where it's like I'm a fire in my laser, and there's just like a mouth with like a blue light. It was like that. I was just like, <laughs> but I do love as well how this film literally like it, it's in the '80s, so it's potential that they saw this inspiration. He essentially just stops the bad guy w- with pogs. You know, he's just like you know, just tipping over some like bo- ball caps, and they're like getting like thwarted by like pogs essentially, and they're like <laughs> you know short circuiting from just a bunch of like discs i'm like okay <laughs> i did wonder why that was going to work when he would put on the when he put on the uh the commercials i was like why are you doing this you know what it does and they're all robots that's not going to affect them like what are you doing and then he did that and it was just firing the lasers like oh that was actually a really intelligent thing it was a very smart thing i is, he's kind is of... this a horror film i know i have seen again like where trick or treat was like horror comedy they have put it as sort of like horror science fiction which i think makes sense but yeah i thought he might iron man it and sort of like laser them from you know from the back of the chip or something but um i also do love like the 80s-ness of it you know you have those like synth sound effects of when the men when the gloves are, uh, you know are standing there but by the way if they're robots why do they need gloves there's no fingerprints to be left <laughs> by, by them but um how else are they yeah. gonna nicely rub off the blood or- to some hospital curtains it's true yeah but I, I found it hilarious when like you know they're standing there and you have that like synth sound effect and it just made me feel as if we were going to like transit to transition into jungle love like i feel if you know matthew vaughan or i feel in like 2000 you know 2020 if we like matthew vaughan or someone was directing this that would have happened they would have just broken into jungle love as they're fighting the robots at the end of the movie can i tell you about my favorite scene in that film because i just made so many jokes that i thought it was great it's when the robot comes in to the hospital, kills the guy by, you know, gouging his eyes out, wipes it, the blood off the hospital uh, on the curtains. He goes to leave. The nurse is there. Is like, what are you doing here? He just casually walks past her. And it's just like, oh, yeah, because when I kill someone, I like to leave some witnesses. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then just runs out of the hospital, gets in his car, douses himself in like petrol and lights himself on fire. I'm just like, What? I had to commend the commitment. I was like, yeah, you know. Uh, that's right, listeners. You just heard Craig McDonald say, kill nurses. That's what he just <laughs> said. No, I wasn't. No, let's be fair. This wasn't, this wasn't job specific. 
I'm just, I'm just saying, if you don't want to arouse suspicion, why have you literally left someone to see what you've done? The, um, the best scenes in this film, in my opinion, are the bit where the kids, they, they're in the actual like facility and they're like, oh, we're going to like test out some new like products or some new adverts for you guys. And they're in a room and like the mum opens the curtains and it's just like a brick wall. Yeah. And then it's like, put on your mask and the kid puts on his mask and you see what is going to happen. And yeah. knowing that the main character's kids have those same masks, that is like brilliant. And the way that like the mask degrades and all the like snakes and stuff come out. Yeah. It, that is really good. I love that bit. And then I also love the final, final, final bit where he's like, it's still on one channel. It's still on one of the channels. You need to make it stop. And that's just the end of the film. And it's like, okay, he didn't win. There we go. Thousands of children are dead now. Just a brilliant way to end a film, really. Yeah, yeah I did really like the ending. I thought it... Uh, really brutal. I thought that I also loved that scene with the effects of the insects and the snakes coming out of the kid's head. I thought it was sort of undermined by the weird ways that the parents then die. <laughs> yeah, just a little bite, you know. <laughs> it hasn't even bitten his leg. It's just bitten his trouser. And he's like, oh, get off, get off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that. that's why I was thinking. I was like, is the plan for it to be like, we're going to like kill off all these children so it has an effect on the generations to come or whatever? Or is it no, like we want to kill families, but we'll kill them through the snakes and the bugs that sort of like seep out and poison people. I was like, that's what I was like in my head. But I, I also just found it i was like how many snakes are going to come out of this kid like it's just like the bugs come out and there's just one snake after another after another i was like wow there's a lot of snakes here but yeah like you said like you said earlier as well lucy it's just the stonehenge i was like this is so strange like the fact they're literally they're literally like you know like oh we're taking rock from you know stonehenge etc and I'm, i'm sure like is like the National Trust or whoever owns Stonehenge would watch that and be like, we don't appreciate that this is what you're <laughs> suggesting, that this like, you know, ancient monument or wonder of the world could do this. You know, usually it's made out that this like a portal to another world or something, but no, it, it's something that kills children. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't go to Stonehenge, guys, especially on Halloween, because your kids will turn into snakes and then you and your kids will die. So no, remember, listeners, David Oscar said it first. Giant stones shouldn't kill children. <laughs> but yeah, Halloween 3, a strange, you know, again, a sort of cult classic, which is like indicative of that time, which like I said, is sort of a theme, I think, throughout all of them, incorporates trick-or-treating, not necessarily like massively scary, but has a lot of like horror elements and, and tropes. And yeah, it's just, you know, creepy and weird which again makes it quite like apt for Halloween viewing because it might not again necessarily be like loads of jump scares. It's just like an intriguing story which has like, you know, about, you know, witchcraft and that kind of stuff. I think they should remake it. I think it's a very interesting film. I mean, they've made so many Michael Myers films and then they did the complete reboot, the Rob Zombie version, which I actually do quite like. I think they could do this. I yeah. think someone could make a really cool film out of this story. Like an app that does like the... <laughs> instead I was of... thinking that, yeah, like a streaming. It's like, oh, there's like a new like Halloween thing that all the kids are going to love and it's on like Netflix, but whatever the version in the film is. Uh, but then fair, when that's... they watch it, it kills them all. Let's be fair, that's pretty much what TikTok is slowly developing itself to do. But I do love a bargain. So like, even if the mask was potentially going to kill me, I probably still would be tucked <laughs> in. 
There's a lot of statements being made in this episode about killing nurses. You know, if it's going to kill children, why not buy the mask? You know. Can I just say officially for the record, I am I am 100% not in support of killing nurses. I am not a Tory. <laughs> oh. Clap for nurses. <laughs> So back back again, guys, to woo or boo with Tories. <laughs> no, I joke. Uh, we, we, we covered that boo, off. With, boo, 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 boo. We covered boo that off. Your local Tory MP. We we covered that off with uh, Katie Hopkins. Boo, I, I, <laughs> so yeah, guys, that is the three films that we are discussing today. We now go to our final segment, which is the movie vault. So out of these films that we have discussed. Do you believe that any of them should be saved for all time for people to go back to as that classic horror or Halloween film that they should watch every Halloween? What, what do we think? Trick or treat. Trick or treat. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it did seem a big consensus of that one. Like I said, definitely not Hubie Halloween. No. <laughs> I mean, not. when you, when you messaged us both, right we both <laughs> said it as one of the first things uh, that we wanted to talk about. And then Lucy messaged me saying, you stole my idea, you bitch. Yeah, yeah trick or treat, definitely. <laughs> yeah, not trick or treat, which Craig accidentally watched. But yeah. I Although think... I, would, I would also uh, yeah, I recommend, recommend that. that. <laughs> Just like a side note, this is completely unrelated to anything. The first time me and Shelley met was on the podcast in February. And like... Our relationship is one of the most bizarre things going on in my <laughs> life, and I love it so much. So, like, thank you I'm to a the chaotic energy, your sicker axe energy. Yeah, the, the in, energy. yeah right, um, good. bringing people together from our friendship. Chaotic neutral. Let's be honest. Also, that's probably the most millennial experience I've ever had. It's like, oh, this is my friend. I met her on a podcast. We were both on. Like, how, <laughs> oh, how irritatingly hipster is that? <laughs> Bringing people together since 2020. Not many people can say that, you know, that we are the one podcast that can say that, guys. A well, good friendship. <laughs> so That's what our podcast could be called, Cheryl. <laughs> friendship. <laughs> so, yeah, I think today going into the movie vault is trick or treat. Uh, it is perfect for Halloween, like I said. Nice and short horror stories lots of typical cliches of horror films go check it out because like we said as well you know it's it's a cult film not many people have seen it uh, so we highly recommend it uh, but now guys we go on to our final part of the episode which is more halloween fun which is our traditional and this time spooky end game i'm limbering up i'm ready oh yeah, there's a title on the line here after Shelley's, you know, infamous win last time. So, gobble gobble. <laughs> okay, end game time. This is your going to be a very simple one, but welcome oh. to the monster mash. Woo! It's <laughs> my reaction was completely silently looking down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So this is basically what it says on the tin. So we have taken we have taken the song The Monster Mash, but we've basically done a, something a little bit different. We've rewritten every single one of the verses to be dedicated in some way to some of our favorite characters in terms of like movie monsters or hor- or horror or like horror aesthetic um characters. 
Um, so they could be like any variation of like the classic monsters you know. They could be characters that are related to dark films. But basically, we want you to listen to me sing every single one of the verses of this new version of the Monster Mash. And we want you to tell us at the end who that verse is dedicated to. Okay. I'm are ready. We... I'm so yes. ready. Okay. I was working in the lab on a stormy night The lightning above for my power and might For my monster from a slab began to thrive And suddenly I exclaimed It's alive! He did the mash! He did the monster mash! The monster mash! It was a graveyard smash! He did the mash! It was caught in a flash! He did the mash! He did the monster mash! So, Woo, very good. That was beautiful. <laughs> okay, My Shelley, goodness. who was that verse dedicated to? That was dedicated to Frankenstein's monster, I think, or Frankenstein, but as we know, he is the scientist, not the monster. Lucy? Uh, yeah, it was obviously Frankenstein, but I'm going to get more specific, and it's the one from the 1930s. Okay, so... Was it Frankenstein slash Frankenstein's monster? Yep. So Whee! it was actually it was actually uh, Doctor Frankenstein specifically because, as Shelley right. pointed out, because uh, it was talking about the creation of the monster, not necessarily the monster okay. itself. Yeah, so the lightning. You, yeah. So you both get a point. Okay. Woo! Okay. Are we ready for verse number two? So ready. Yeah. Okay. From outer space we set our scene Where nobody could possibly hear you scream The ugly creature with a killer frame And a mouth on his tongue with which to maim They did the mash They did the monster mash The monster mash Was a graveyard smash They did the mash It wore on in a flash They did the mash They did the monster <laughs> mash <laughs> Lucy, who is it dedicated to? It's the Xenomorph from Alien. Shelley? I uh, just want to. I mean, you broke up massively there, so I. Assume... Sorry. It's because I moved out. my phone to show you that I'd written Alien. I didn't want to. Okay, so, so is it Alien? It is. However, I'm going to give a bonus point to Lucy for specifically specifying it's the Xenomorph. Oh. I think that's fair. Okay. I also think that's fair, actually. I agree with you. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> also, side note, Craig, you look amazing today and your singing <sighs> is beautiful. Uh, one of those things is true. Okay. <laughs> I, I've duetted with him and I know it's beautiful. And that's why I chose him to duet with. Okay, this, oh. is, this is going into uncomfortable territories now because it's like if I don't award points for this like over flattery, <laughs> like, I'm just I'm just gonna open myself up to a load of abuse. 
It's never happened before. People will try to bribe Craig, but of course it would happen when we got Lucy and Shelley back on the podcast, especially considering Lucy was just awarding herself her own points in the last episode. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, I could just award myself points. Okay. I forgot. <laughs> okay, so the next bit isn't a full verse. It's the it's the little addition before the next verse. So we'll play that and then the verse. So are we ready oh. for this bit? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm so ready. The guests were all having fun. The party had just begun. The mum, dad, boy and girl. A ball of hair and a hand. So because you haven't got a chorus to listen to, I'll give you a couple of seconds to think about this one. I've got it. Okay, Shelley, who is it? Well, it's the Adams family, I thought. Okay, Lucy? I also wrote Adams family. Ah. Is it the Adams family? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I failed at clicking so hard there. <laughs> <laughs> the scene was rocking, all were digging the stage. When our primate protagonist started to rage, to climb that tower, he headed east. In the end, was beauty that kills the beast. They played the mash. They played the monster mash. The monster, the monster mash. mash. It was a graveyard smash. They played the mash. It caught on in a flash. They played the mash. They played the monster mash. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, I thought, she- I thought. I thought Shelley just realised the answer, so went, ow. Oh, no. <laughs> no, oh. I've written it down. She just stepped on a piece of Lego in, you know. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, Lucy, who do you think that was dedicated to? It's King Kong, in it? Shelley? Yeah, I wrote that. Oh, can you see it? Show King me King Kong. Kong. King Kong. Yeah, it's King Kong. Yep. That famous line. That bonus of, uh, point is just going to win you this because we're oh. all going to we're going to get them. Uh, are we ready for the next verse? Yeah. Yes. From bad film series, her voice did ring. Bad acting, bad writing, and sparkling. Emotionless face, she lifted and then said, "Whatever happened to my Jacob or Red? It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. The monster mash." It was a graveyard smash. It was mash. Caught on in a flash. It's now the mash. It's now the monster mash. All right, Shelley, who is that dedicated to? Um, Bella Swan from Twilight. Lucy? Chris- Played by I- Kristen Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, put in as much information as you can. <laughs> um, who was also in Adventureland. And <laughs> I wrote Elvira, and I think I got it wrong. Oh. Okay, so let's start with this. Is it Elvira? Is it Bella Swan from Twilight? I was I was thinking of Elvira when we were talking about the Hubie radio voice. I was like, oh, it's like Elvira kind of like. Very Elvira. Yeah, no. So uh, the sparkling is a reference, obviously, to the Twilight Sparkling Vampires. Uh, Jacob and Ed is obviously Jacob and Edwards. The big debate. Yeah, I like the the exchange of the like. What happened to my Transylvania twist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, um, I've just thought of another joke that I enjoyed in Hubie Halloween is every <laughs> single woman dressed up as Harley Quinn. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, all that of them. That was yeah. hilarious. All the newsreaders, yeah. Yeah, and the little girl. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we've got one, one more verse and then we've got like a little exchange at the end. Uh, Can I, I get a more. bonus point there for knowing it was because... Well, no, you at a point whereas i Do don't I get a bonus point? yeah yeah so i think that's that's the thing that still makes it fair at this point so <laughs> craig will look back on so the I'm game not at the end. able to get bonus <laughs> <laughs> why would you get a bonus point for just <laughs> knowing you might answer i got a bonus point for Addy's thing yeah you need to know like bella's full name like uh, elizabeth sort of <laughs> isabella it, yeah. isabella that's, that's a bonus point to lose yeah i was like elizabeth's one i was like what okay All okay right, are we right. ready are we ready for oh no to be fair i think this is a good opportunity for people to potentially get that specificity for points um, oh okay I mean, or I'm ready. Or this is the one verse where if you just want to go for a humor uh, a humorous answer instead, I may give you bonus points. So it's not a stipulation. <laughs> Don't encourage them, Craig. Don't encourage them. <laughs> okay. Next verse. Stalking a child in a yellow coat. The clown that tells him that everything floats. Pain and suffering in Derry, Maine. When he lures that child down to the drain, they get mashed and mash mash the monster mash and do my graveyard smash then you can mash you catch it on a flash then you can mash then you can monster mash okay Lucy who is that dedicated to so it's someone that is a clown yep and kills kids yep Boris Johnson, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Shelley, who is that dedicated to? I mean, I, I can't top that for a humorous answer, so I'll just say Pennywise from It. Is it Pennywise? Yeah, it's Pennywise the Clown. Uh, David, so that's a point to Shelley. Uh, how, what are our scores at now? Uh, if it's a point to Shelley there, it is 5-6 to Shelley. Okay, this is what I'm going to do to make it uh, uh, to make it interesting. The last section, I want you to listen very carefully. This this will be a reaction first. So basically, the moment you think you know who this is dedicated to, just say it. The fastest person will get two points. <gasps> uh, spoiler: This might not necessarily be a film character, but it is a ca- someone related to film. Okay. So are we ready for the last little exchange bit? Yes. Mm-hmm. Bash good, bash good, my friends. Easy, easy debag, you impetuous young boy. Mash good. Grr. Easy now. Cigarettes. Get, get back to the movie vault now. That's the way. Stop trying to dictate no. my life and get back. Get away from me. Stop controlling my life and my contributions on this podcast. That's the way. <laughs> is it you? <laughs> is the answer is the answer me? 
<laughs> I was like, is it me? Is that controlling my life? <laughs> I have no idea what just happened. <laughs> I mean, I yelled Sycorax in the middle of it. Just panic. Oh, yeah. um, Sycorax. <laughs> Mash good. Mash good. Mash good. Stop controlling my life. Can I? Can I? Can I just say the lyrics that I think are probably going to be the things that will get you? Yeah. The yeah. So I said, "Easy D bag, you impetuous young boy. Easy now, get back to the movie vault and stop controlling my life and this contribution on the podcast." Adam Sandler. Shelley has <laughs> now, now used all three of her guesses. Who is me? <laughs> I, I haven't got a bloody clue. Um, okay. Is it right. David? Is it David? Oh. Yeah, it's David. <laughs> oh. I, I almost like give you the clue as well. And I didn't even know the answer. I was like, is it me? Is it? I don't know. It was like another, another, it happened again. The, the, the gobble goggle is like where Lucy said, is that right? And like, Graves like, I don't know. Is it? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So that one was what hard. So what I'll do is uh, I'll now give David the opportunity just to reveal the tiebreaker. I think that's going to be. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so just one point to Lucy. So yeah, six all. At this point, yeah. Okay. So again, fastest first or whoever gives the closest to the actual answer. Uh, what year did Bob- Bobby Boris Pickett's Monster Mash originally come out? In what year did Bobby Boris Pickett's Monster Mash originally come out? 19... 1951. Uh, 1963. So, the answer is 1962. <laughs> so, Lucy is the oh, winner. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Oh my god! I, I would, I would give you the little trophy they gave me last time, but I threw it away. Oh, what? No. oh my god! <laughs> That's brutal, Sal. Didn't care. Oh. <laughs> I don't like. It's just a, an honor to be on the podcast. Like, but winning is um, what it's all about, and I'm just really glad that I could absolutely annihilate Shelley. Um, <laughs> Because she did pick trick or treat. Best well, of three. It? Best of three, mate. Best of three. <laughs> so well, now, well, to the we'll Christmas come back one. for another summer special. <laughs> no, no. Well done, Lucy. And thank you both for yeah. being on this Halloween special. It's been lots of fun. It's brought some uh, light and great entertainment to our lockdown. And I'm sure it will do the same for everybody at home. Where can we catch you both? Uh, where are the best places to check out all your wonderful content? And yeah. Instagram, knitwear cat hair. It's probably just what I post because I travel a lot and things like that. Awesome. Check it out. And uh, Lucy, Lucy is on TikTok because she's down with the kids. <laughs> Joa, I am. I'm on TikTok. <laughs> My name is Lucifer Queen on TikTok. I'm also Lucifer Queen on Instagram and Lucifer Queen on Twitter. You can also catch me on OnlyFans. It's $4.99 at the moment, which is an absolute bargain. Um, and that is onlyfans.com forward slash devil called Lucy. And the uh, writer of Trick Art Treat who came up with that werewolf twist, they'll definitely be following you. Yeah, right. They know they've got a score. You know, they're like, I know this person's into me already because I come up with that werewolf idea. 
if if the the writer wants to just DM me, I'll send you the free trial link. Um, <laughs> so, also, that's what everyone is getting for Christmas this year, just so you all know. So, oh, <laughs> just a free trial to my only fan. So uh, yeah, thank you guys for both joining us. It's been loads of fun. Like you said in that Valentine's episode, you know, you both emphasized that you wanted to be on uh, talking about horror, and we have fulfilled that. And we can't wait to have you back on again. Uh, please do check out our socials as well which is well good movies on facebook twitter and instagram uh, you can also check us at freshtakehub.com where we also have a lot of halloween goodies and horror linked stuff on the website there's top 10 animated villains on there at the moment which uh lucy you had one of these tattooed on you not long ago which is crazy coincidence I, like i was talking with the writer about it so yeah uh, him from the Powerpuff Girls, which, like I said, if you search up the YouTube videos when you've forgotten how creepy they are, you remember how horrifying that character is at certain moments. But infamous for a good reason. It's a fantastic character. You can also check out uh, the most haunted movies. And I also did a piece on Hocus Pocus, looking back at why that is such a great nostalgic piece of filmmaking. Craig, anything lastly from yourself? I don't feel as mentally scarred as last time, so <laughs> great mentality going into Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody! <laughs> trick or treat! <laughs> After the end of these films, I was like, I've had enough of hearing trick or treat now. There's so many times. I was like, I'm done with this. I'm done with it. So I don't think you'll be hearing it that much this year. And- <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Check out Trick or Treat, guys, and as well, if you want to go through it, Hubie Halloween, uh, but also Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, uh, we've had a lot of fun today, guys, and yeah, we can't wait to uh, have you on the podcast again, which I'm sure will, you know, maybe it won't be holiday themed, maybe. <laughs> and uh, you can also check out uh, Shelley and Lucy's podcast, Well Good Friends, oh, <laughs> starting <yeah>. the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which I'm sure will be up uh, very soon. So, yeah, thank you, everybody, and uh, have a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Thanks for having us. Bye. 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 Bye.